Why, hello there, priests. You have found the hardest book review podcast there is, where we digest life-changing books. We shit out greatness, and we change our lives one book at a time. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. And here we go. Welcome back. This is Troy Hongs with the Curiously Disagreeable Podcast. This is episode three of the Bonsen Shukai, the most famous ninja manual the world has ever seen. It's been insane. We got told how to think, and it was crazy. There were some good tips if we were commanders, and now moving into a rapid fire on a couple other points, and we're talking about disguise, hidden infiltration, tools, arson, bunch of crazy shit. Let's get into it. Hiding in plain sight. Disguise. Shinobi no jutsu. The martial art of being a goddamn ninja. Consists of yojutsu and injutsu. Yojutsu is to infiltrate the enemy in plain sight with elaborate plans of ingenuity, while injutsu is to steal in, hiding yourself from people's eyes. In this volume, are written the techniques to infiltrate on both of those. As a basis, you should embrace the old ways of the shinobi who served under ancient great generals, but remember not only to keep these ways, but to adapt them, each dependent on the situation and the moment. Ignorant ninja are not aware of this principle, but directly stick to ancient ways and do not even know the simplest of facts. You know, he's saying, just because this is how we always did it, doesn't mean this this is how we're always going to do it from now on. Whether you disguise yourself as someone with a trade or just make a basic impersonation, you should be skilled enough in the art of whatever you're going to disguise yourself as that if you get questioned, you are not easily revealed. So like, it'd be better to disguise myself as a consultant than as a plumber. Because dude, they're like, oh hey, you know, I know you're a plumber. Can you like come take a look at this? I'm like, I don't know, man. Flange. They're like, what? I'm like, toilet flange. It's like, is that the only word you know about plumbing? Like, yeah. For example, if you intend to disguise yourself as a monk, you should be familiar with that particular sect of Buddhism, frequently visit a temple of the sect, and closely learn its ways. When the times come that you need to carry out a secret plan, you should talk in secret to a monk of the temple and make an agreement that, in the case where an enemy tries to find out if your identification is true or false, the temple will certify your identification without question. So he's saying, you need to have like a cover story and you need to actually know enough about being this type of a monk. Like this is, you know, this is like me. Uh, I could I could definitely be like, oh yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. And they'd be like, oh, you know how to do an Uma Plata, right? And I'm like, no. So you need to, you need to have some sort of a true uh, true-ish or based on reality or passable cover story. And then you need to learn the area. If you prepare such information beforehand, even when you're in a flurry or get lost and fall behind orders, then with all this above information, you can get to any given destination without difficulty. You should always hide your name or skills deeply. Anyone who is a ninja should ask his lord to keep the facts secret. should also be the case that even in a time of peace, nobody knows. Even to very close friends, you should never talk about how good or bad the art is. So you're a serial killer, you never even bring it up. Like, 
you, you don't you don't say like man you know that that Dahmer show I was offended you know you don't you just hey nobody cares you're not a ninja therefore you should always keep your name and artistry a secret and guard it with care and on the outside you should look like a Tanshi hermit warrior or a Heshi normal warrior this is exactly the way you should be prepared so you can use your ninjutsu when a period of turbulence arises a clever fighter has neither reputation for wisdom nor credit for courage all shinobi should always keep in mind what these words actually mean so dude i do sales for my job my entire business model is just like actually knowing what i'm talking about and just like trying to help these people so it's like if you have a reputation for being a salesman you're already messing up a clever fighter has neither reputation for wisdom nor credit for courage everyone's like oh you mean john at the post office yeah like i mean yeah, i guess he licks stamps for a living but you don't know that john's actually a savage if the enemy has doubts or suspicions of you you should perform karyokoi no jitsu which is the art of taking a fake wife and child <laughs> so uh they says take a fake wife and child take them to the enemy offer them as hostages be like listen dude i'm not i'm not a spy okay how about this take my wife and child hostage just as a show of goodwill let me rephrase that in modern terms go find a random woman and child and force them to pretend to be your family and then use them as bartering chips as you double cross the enemy because ultimately you don't really care about their life, but you definitely care about your mission. So if they have to die for the cause, well, that's called the way of strategy, goddammit. Uh, comments on infiltrating. At first, exhibit the coyness of a maiden until the enemy gives you an opening. Afterwards, emulate the rapidity of a running hare, and it will be too late for the enemy to oppose you. Be fearful when other people are greedy, and greedier when other people are fearful, Warren Buffett once said. And so, um, like, one, the biggest takeaway I'm getting from this is, like, so much of this is just planning. It's like, have a cover story, be skilled, know the trade, know the land, have a backup if you get caught. Like, dude, I'm a fucking monk, I promise. Like, call the monastery. And they call the monastery. The monastery's like, yeah, that he's a monk. I mean, let him go. But you're a ninja. How to tell if an enemy is strong. So when you're disguising yourself, a lot of times you're apparently doing that so that you can kind of collect information because you know, this whole thing is like, how can I under, how can I make the best logical decision? Like it seems a lot more like special operations than it does like Dragon Ball Z. You should collect as much information on the things listed below as you can and report it to your Lord. If the enemy Lord is principled, principled or unprincipled, is he wise or stupid? Is he brave or a coward? Is the army broadly righteous or not? If the vassals, such as troop commanders, captains, and soldiers are well-prepared in the military arts. You know, like, are they getting up at, is everybody getting up at 5 a.m. and showing initiative and working out? Or are they having ragers until 2 a.m. and then, you know, they're not getting up till 10? The number and size of the army if the neighboring lords will send them reinforcements or not? Do they have enough food? What, if anything, the lord has a special liking for? You know, does the lord every Wednesday go to White Castle? Hmm, that's interesting. You need to be aware of that. 
you know, and there's a there's a lot more here on disguise, but you know, this can't be a 47 hour fucking podcast. So, uh, moving on to hidden infiltration, aka the art of burglary. This volume deals with how to take advantage of the enemy's gap. What are the skills needed to infiltrate? What are the tools and how, when in need, to change your way in order to deal with any situation at hand and how to switch between yonin and inin with fluidity without fixing only yo or in in your mind just as the seasons change. So he's going to learn us up on the flexible structure of ninjaing into enemy camps. And so I'm not like spending a bunch of time making the distinction between like yonin and inin or whatever, but like one of them is like using open, like they've named categories of things. And one is like going direct and using deception and sneaking. The other's like fucking tricks. I don't, I don't know. Okay. But like this story illustrates how we need to be flexible and we need to be willing to like go direct and sneak in. We also have to be willing to use disguise. So couple damn ninjas are infiltrating a castle. They chose a night of heavy rain and wind. Okay, because that's when the enemy's going to be like not super happy to be alive. Climbed up, they climbed up the rocks stealthily with grappling hooks and penetrated the castle. All of a sudden, they were questioned by enemy soldiers. And they're like, oh, hey guys, yeah, we're just from the other division. We heard that there was ninjas around, so we were just checking. And they're like, okay. And they told him, they're like, you know, we were checking, but we didn't really see anybody, but but be careful. And they did this while they were confidently marching to the main building. After finding out where the building was, where the emperor was stationed and what his status was, they set fire to the building and killed the emperor. This is an example of using Inin at first and Yonin second. So, you know, like directly going in and trying to break into the castle, but then using tricks and deception once they were caught. But the, the point, though, is like, it's not just, uh, you know, I'm going to be super aggressive and direct. Like, sometimes you have to be open to the way. And, and if that way is to trick them and be like, oh, we're from this other division, like, do that instead of fighting. The only goal is to figure out the best way. There are numerous tactics carried out by ancient people using in-in first and yon-in later, yon-in first, in-in later, whatever, the outlines of which are mentioned above. The point here is to instill the idea that you should use in-in and yon-in alternatively and freely according to the opportunity without placing a disproportionate emphasis on either one with the aim of winning an overall victory. So that idea that Musashi had long ago that was that, that said, just have no preferences. Like that is just be open to the way. Like whatever's the best thing, no preferences, do that. So let's say we're thinking about infiltrating and doing burglary and assassination. What should we consider before a mission? Observe everything. Entrance and exit routes. You should take a nap before stealing in as sleep is a human behavior, just as day and night are part of the sky. No matter how encouraged you feel, you cannot perform anything without sleep. Don't work with a full moon. When you decide the time is right, you should get close to the enemy castle by using both in-in and yojutsu, wait for the correct time and infiltrate. Remember to give careful thought to the place where you should steal in and also where you should retreat from. It is often the case that you become lost when coming back, 
so you should put various kinds of marks or use signals such as a signal fire and that's all dude like that is all good stuff and like the point of that is it's an, an ounce of prevention's worth a pound of cure like do some planning and life is better um, a few just examples of, of some good times to potentially infiltrate, to potentially break into the enemy castle when they're attacking you. So the enemy's attacking you and you're like, haha, they'll never suspect me to attack them with a ninja back. Another example is on a night after the enemy has traveled over a long distance, especially if double the usual distance or has crossed a steep area on a sunny and warm or even hot day or on a night after the enemy has traveled across ice or snow, or even across deep water, a day where they have toiled or been frozen or is exhausted, on a stormy day, or an extremely cold day in winter. And, and the point though is like, you gotta find those gaps. And dude, I remember deer hunting, had a shotgun, I was holding the fucking metal, it was minus 10, I've never been more cold. And I started out and I was like, disciplined for the first like 20 minutes and then i started shivering and then i was like moving my feet and then i was just like you know what i'm just gonna stay out here but i don't even fucking care like the deer might even see me but you know what i'm gonna die and then you know my friend texts me he's like hey are you cold and i obviously responded like i'm good stay out till 9 30 and he just goes yep but both of us we were extremely cold but he's saying think about your enemy and like you would want, if you're the deer, you would want to pop up when I'm least expecting it and then murk me with a sword. Another example, on a night when the enemy is tired after he's had battle or disputed all day, there's not one who does not know the saying, stay on your guard even after you have won. However, though people have repeated this saying and remember it, if they have control of a situation, then they get carried away and flippant, do not miss this opportunity. So, you know, it's like, in reality, no matter what, there's going to be a, a time that you can steal in. And so you have to figure out like, okay, well, hey, these people just had a huge victory. Time to attack now. It's difficult to steal in if the place is quiet, while it is easy if it is noisy. This is how to judge the right time. It is always the right time for you to infiltrate when any unforeseen accident takes place such as a fire breaking out, horses being released, or enemy soldiers fighting amongst themselves, because people are in a state of surprise or in commotion or confused. Do not hesitate too much and take the chance while you can. So it's like plan, 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 but also sometimes use the situation. With signals having been prearranged with your Lord, you should approach the enemy from the opposite side. When attacking from the front, you infiltrate from behind, while if from the back, you go from the front. You should always remember this principle, even if there is no signal. Ninjas should refrain from being impulsive in any way. So it's like, that's kind of interesting because he just said take advantage of the opportunity, but it's flexibility and creativity is fine. Wild, irrational impulsivity is not. The only thing you should keep in mind in your mission is how to take advantage of a gap within the enemy, how to infiltrate the castle and capture it, or how to destroy a camp. Otherwise, how would it be possible for you to infiltrate a strictly guarded camp or an impregnable castle? On a night of heavy wind and rain, it is very likely that a night attack will occur or that shinobi will steal in. It is a well-known fact that nobody likes being drenched by the rain or swept by heavy winds. 
Even if the Lord gives strict orders, it is often the case that the guardsmen are not fully alert during a night patrol. Use this to your advantage. Be fully aware that man is a lazy creature. People get conceited. They take the enemy lightly. They get disgusted. They become lethargic. When, when having an easy time, people are indulged, at ease, negligent. While during a difficult time, they become exhausted and fall into laziness. In summer, most people are lazy because of the heat. In winter, they hate the cold and they want to stay inside. If you can identify when and where they relax and make your plans based on this, there is no chance that you will fail to infiltrate. The above points are concerned with when and where the enemy will be negligent and weak. Therefore, a ninja should not have any anxiety or hesitation, but plunge into the enemy's gap at these points. A shinobi who knows the theory behind this, but who has an anxiety and hesitates at the crucial time, will not be able to infiltrate a target even if he spends a thousand years on the task. This means that if you are very close to the en if you are very close to the enemy but lack determination, you will have too much anxiety and miss the correct opportunity. When in a difficult situation, think nothing of your body and your life, but stay serene and still as you would at normal times. You should also firmly keep in mind the principles. Death and life have their predetermined appointment, and nothing is born, nothing is destroyed. If you do this, even danger will turn out to be good luck. There's no difference between the principles of ninjutsu and the principles of kenjutsu, aka swordsmanship. So he's basically saying, listen, just be open and find the way. The three diseases of a ninja are to fear, to take enemy lightly, to think too much. By removing these three, you will be able to infiltrate as quickly as lightning. First, if you have a fear of the enemy, you will quake, you will feel nervous, you will become confused as to which is the correct procedure. You will, you will forget the tricks you have mastered and, and can perform at normal times. You will tremble in both hands and feet, lose color, slur your words, and give yourself away. Second, if you think too little of the enemy, you will prepare only a shallow strategy and be flippant and you will lose. Third, if you think too much and transcend reason, it makes you doubt what you should not doubt. Therefore, you should overcome these three diseases, have a deliberate strategy, and when the time comes, infiltrate as quickly as lightning and without any delay. I'm not going to read any of this, but we have a, we have a crazy fucking subhead called Six Points on the Art of Arson. So this is just funny and insane. Um... Those who sleep less and wake and wake quickly have the following characteristics. They're always well prepared and aware. They do not loosen their obi-sash even when lying down. They are scantily clad and resistant to the cold. They refrain from drinking or eating heavily. They abstain from being lewd and they are discreet about everything. Those who are always self-indulgent, who like to be warm at night, are addicted to heavy drinking wallow in lewdness or spend their time in amusement will sleep more so he's basically saying hey if you're just like really really hardcore all the time you don't even need to sleep that much um i think that science says that that's not true but respect now this is crazy he he believes that you can chant a spell of hiding and um you can be hidden anywhere the spell of hiding is for when you come across the enemy guardsman 
If this happens, you should stand by a wall, fence, tree, or pile of firewood or anything such as these and not be in a state of panic. You should cover your face with your sleeve, but leave a little of your eyes exposed and make sure not to breathe with noise or allow the enemy to feel your breath. You should stand there, dead still, while chanting the spell of Ongyo, hiding inside your mind. Uh, dude, it appears like a lot of being a good ninja is just like having testicles and remaining calm by hiding where people don't expect. In case you cannot crouch with your face down, cover your face with your sleeve. If the enemy is searching with suspicion and using a light, you should leave. However, even in this case, if you are in a good hiding place, you should remain there steadfast. It is even more so if the enemy is simply on a routine night patrol and they are not carrying a light. Here, you should keep on hiding with this art and with strong nerves. There have been a lot of examples where people have hidden well using this skill since ancient times. People say that ninja can become a stone. If these points are conducted properly, the body and heart will become a stone, which makes the enemy overlook you as they would overlook a stone. In old times, some ninja went to a castle and performed this above art. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Shinobi's going to teach us about uh, night attacks. Shinobi night attacks. The night raid is a military tactic to defeat a large number with an inferior force. This is especially true of a shinobi night raid, which can dramatically defeat a large enemy with the smallest of numbers. The, arraignment, the arrangements for this form of warfare, such as organization and the allotting of duty assignments, are similar to those of daytime battle. Therefore, those who want to learn the way of night attacks should first learn in full how to organize, divide, and allot jobs in their men. They should be done as quickly as a passing rain shower. Attack heavily, retreat smoothly. He's saying, hey, listen, our main job is killing, but you might have to kidnap some people. So we did create like a little side quest martial art on the art of kidnapping, but like who fucking cares? But although capturing people is not a primary job of a shinobi, every shinobi is engaged in this task these days. Those who have studied in our school should not serve for this task. If you are employed only for this job, know that it is totally outside the traditions of our school. However, it may be appropriate for you to capture people on occasion when needed, even though you are not fully retained for this task alone. Dude, imagine there are people that they are seriously just retained. So they, they have a time and materials contract with the government just to kidnap people. What the fuck? Who is the world? Uh, a few comments about kidnapping. Different skills should be used for samurai from those used on lower people. Samurai, when time passes, usually increase in strength and resolve. Make your move to defeat them as soon as possible. The reasoning behind this is the same as attacking a, ca a castle quickly while the enemy is not fully prepared. In contrast, the energy of lower people will dwindle and dwindle as time passes, as normally they have only blind daring at the start. Therefore, take your time with your plan to capture them. Oh, so he's saying, hey, if you're going if you're, if you're to kidnap some people, you know, if you're kidnapping samurai, you need to hit them with speed, surprise, and violence of action. If you're kidnapping a regular person, you can just set up like one of those saw houses like that movie and just have like a, like a doll on like a little little bicycle and then they'll just give up on their own. So next he's, he talks about like, so what's the role of luck in all of this? And, and he just takes it as fact that we can predict the future. So we're going to just ignore that. But 
you should not use total faith in luck. The reason is because if the date is lucky to you, it is also lucky to the enemy. If one thinks of how one plays Go, which is like Asian chess, you will notice that those who are good win, even if they are unlucky at first, while those who are bad lose, even if they go in with a lucky break. Some guy said that what happens in the lower world and the laws of heaven change accordingly. So if you do correct actions, it will be a lucky day. While if you do incorrect actions, it will be an unlucky one. Also, if you do the correct thing, it can be said that it will be a lucky direction. While if a wrong thing, it will be an unlucky direction. These words tell all. Thus, do not rely on fortune telling, but work to test these things yourself. And so all I read that as uh, taking out from the fact that like, bitch, we can't predict the future is that if you're really good and you and you do the right optimal thing, it's like poker. You know, you can have pocket aces, go all in. That's the mathematically optimal move. You can still lose that time. But over all the alternative potential histories of the next 50 years, if you're doing the optimal move, you will deductively win. So he spends a bunch of time talking about ninja tools, like 300 pages. Um, and I'm just going to say, super cool, uh, go buy the book. Um, so we're, we're winding down and we're just going to talk about how do you think about advancing, so attacking versus retreating in a battle. You should advance when you have the chance to win while you should retreat when there is a benefit in retreating. It is a principle to think of the element of retreat even while advancing and to think of advancing even while retreating. Advance and retreat are indivisible and they are like wind and tide. Advance is like wind as wind has no shape but hits hard. Retreat is like a tide. Even if it seems to be full, it all retreats naturally and in accord. Thus you do not notice its gradual withdrawal. The way tide retreats should be the way that you retreat, gradually. It should be done in accord and without confusion and fluidity. If you retreat completely and smoothly and throughout the entire movement the enemy cannot attack, you will win. That is, if you have no gap to take advantage of and they force an attack on you, it will end up with them ruining themselves. Knowing if you should wait to attack is essential to have good judgment on whether the whether to attack the enemy or to wait until the enemy moves so that you can make the correct assault. And I think all that's saying, and the interesting thing is when you're retreating, you should be thinking about attacking. When you're attacking, you should be thinking about retreating. Meaning, it's like um, in, in MMA, okay? There'll be, there'll be somebody who like, is just bum rushes another fighter. Like one fighter bum rushes the other fighter and is just throwing bombs. And so if you just stood there and threw bombs with them, there's a decent chance that you get knocked out. Now, there's a decent chance you knock them out, but like that risk payoff pay is not good enough. So what you do is you retreat and you, you know, you let them do that for 25 seconds. And then as soon as they take a breath and they start to go from anaerobic to aerobic and they like, they blew their wad, then you rush them because you were thinking about attacking as you were retreating. And the same thing, if you're attacking and you're just going as hard as you fucking can, you need to have in mind the thought of retreat. So like, hey, don't blow your wad. Like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning on the gas. I'm, I'm, I'm going. But if things change, I will, I'll, I'll stop and change completely. I think that's what he's saying. And I think that that principle applies broadly in warfare. Hidden within victory is defeat. But also within defeat is found victory. 
Victory contains defeat because people can get conceited or negligent. It's like my favorite quote, success breeds complacency, complacency breeds failure, only the paranoid survive. Even if you lose in battle, you should not give in to fear, but motivate your soldiers and inspire their fighting spirits even more. And finally, if a lord opens up his mind and displays his thoughts to others, the army will fight in a wise way. However, if done this way, this may cause some failures. Thus, it is best that it is avoided. If he closes his mind fully, the army will not make an error and the plan may be deeper. However, the army will not respond to a prompt and sudden change of situation. Therefore, this also should be avoided. A dauntless and overbearing lord will always underestimate the enemy and become arrogant, so he too should be avoided. In short, you should be careful about your own way while trying to perceive the enemy correctly, and by following this way, you can construct your strategy. This is the basis of victory or defeat. Victory and defeat bring forth the true strengths and weaknesses of lords. Overbearing and hot-blooded lords will be overconfident after victory. Ordinary lords will feel relieved after victory. Ignorant lords will be neg negligent after victory. But wise lords will be careful after victory. Tactical lords will be even more discreet with their tactics after defeat. Stupid or cowardly lords will not contemplate the next step after defeat. Using the above, you should fathom the enemy and contemplate your own nature. You should not only focus on how to win over the enemy, but instead concentrate on your own faults and contemplate where you are not aware of your own gaps and also fortify your defenses so you will not be defeated. Then you can look for a gap within the enemy and without a distorted viewpoint, find the way of victory. Those who do not overly strive to win but achieve victory with ease are considered good lords. Therefore, perfect your army and you will overcome the enemy. In this way, you should be very prudent about your own state and use yourself as a model to know the enemy and use the enemy to know yourself. Well, holy shit. What a book. I feel like we just held Goku at gunpoint and said, tell us everything we need to know about how to be successful. If you leave anything out, we'll kill Gohan. And so I wanted to quickly review a few of the biggest lessons for me because this was fucking crazy. I actually left out the section. Uh, it was in the burglary section. It said you can actually, uh, if, you, if you take the blood of a brown dog or if you take the liver out of a live brown dog, you can make sleeping powder and then you can make your enemies sleep. What the fuck? This was crazy. But there were some good parts here. So the first lesson that I learned was planning. And dude, I actually didn't expect this. Um, but a huge portion of this book was just like how to plan, the planning process, all the pre-work that a shinobi needs to do before the ninja mission. You observe the castle, send spies into the castle, understand the enemy down to the level of their moods and temperament to ultimately understand when to move. And aside from like a bunch of weird fucking stuff about like, oh yeah, I can predict the future. Or like, you know, man, if the chi of your, of your army gets messed up, look for women. If you find them, kill them. That'll fix everything. Like there was a, there was a bunch of good stuff there. And 
Dude, I never understood planning. Like, I thought that you had to just like sniff it and like, and then you just like knew what to do. And so like, until I was 20, no, 18, I didn't plan ever. I would just be like, it'll be fine. And then sometimes it wasn't fine, but you know what? Like time still passed. I was still alive. So it was actually still fine. But then I learned, hey, what would somebody who prepares 10 times too much do? And not that you want to prepare 10 times too much, but like for me, because I was just, you know, fucking raw dog in the universe, I was like, oh, okay. And so, you know, like before a meeting with my team, I would like, let me prepare like this as a speech. And then I would get, you know, lead the meeting. And then it'd be like, dude, that went so much better than when I had no plan. And then I just kept doing that and doing that. And then you get to the point where you realize like, hey, what's you don't actually need to plan for everything. But if you understand how to plan, you know when to plan and when not to plan. And and you can even, you know, if something goes wrong, you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, clearly that went wrong because I, I didn't even practice my speech once. So I'm surprised. But I'm heartened to learn that that is ninja craft that the first lesson is planning is important the second big takeaway i had from this is that skills uh drive everything you know in addition to planning another huge part of being a successful ninja is just like being good at a bunch of stuff and he's even saying like when you start you'll be bad but just follow the heavenly way dude just just follow the fucking heavenly way duh and just keep doing it and i will say martial arts does a great job of of revealing that because you know any martial art is like a disconnected collection of 50 different skills and they're not all like the same even type of skill you know like growing up doing taekwondo we had board breaking we had sparring and we had forms and forms were like attention to detail and perfection and fucking boring and sparring and board breaking were like just go harder but i was like hey i see the people who are the best they are the best and they're also good at forms so i was like "Ah, fuck dude i have to learn how to do this and so it's the same thing you 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 know because before you know how to do a kick or a punch you don't know how to do a kick or a punch but then you realize like that applies to a takedown as well And then you realize, oh, that applies to using a sword, I bet. And then what these motherfuckers realized is, wait a second, that applies to legitimately everything. The growth mindset, everything can be learned through practice. And like, this wasn't even morally right, but (laughs) the ninja realized that the way of long and deliberate practice, that can even be applied to the art of arson (laughs) or assassination or lockpicking, or climbing into castles. All very different skills, but all important for a successful ninja. And as I kept reading in this book, it became clear that all of that, even disguise, was contained in the bucket that could be learned and practiced, improved, and all that fell under the martial art of shinobi no jutsu. The martial art of being a goddamn ninja. And the third lesson, the last lesson, was just on mindset. You know, if you've done your planning, if you have the skills, go confidently into the night. Accept that you are dead, and if you do that, you will likely live. 
Don't be too cautious, but don't be too crazy. Victory is contained in defeat, and defeat is in victory. Do the spell of hiding, I guess. And you know, you only have one life. But in reality, we are already just atoms on the taint of the universe. Whip out that penis, look at it, regain your calm, and remember that you're a goddamn shinobi, and sometimes enemy generals just need to be killed, and we're the ones to do it. And so, as I wrap this horror up, I wanted to finish with a ninja poem that I found that encapsulates this book. Ah, the silence of the night, a tool used for our success. As we kill our prey, we use our knives, they'll never hear us coming. We walk on air as we stalk them, they will not see the break of day, for we are the shinobi and live by a code, as we are honorable of sort, for we are the hauntings of the night. Amen. And that, my pretties, is another episode down of the Curiously Disagreeable podcast. Check us out at CuriouslyDisagreeable.com, The Troy Hollings on Instagram, or wherever the fuck you get your podcasts. The end.